Blog Talk Radio. Day. <laughs> you don't know what yeah, you're going to find. 
You never can tell, can you? Just, all you can do is just yeah. wait and see what happens, I guess. But uh, right. anyways, <laughs> Leslie and I are going to be here live with you guys for the next hour. So give us a call, 646-668-2433. Last week we started with TOS and uh, moved on to TNG. Then we jumped on to DS9. And uh, then we went into Voyager. And tonight we're going to start off talking about Star Trek Enterprise. And we're going to move into Discovery, Lower Decks, Star Trek Picard, and wrap everything up with the movies. So we got a full plate to talk about tonight. Lots, lots of fun stuff to cover. Once again, give us a call, 646-668-2433, if you'd like to join in the conversation. So, um, Leslie, I wanted to say congratulations to Joy. Uh, Joy Cranker was uh, called in on Thursday night's Trek Talking. Um, we had Josh Dirksen on, who is one of the game designers for Star Trek Alliance, which is a tabletop miniatures Star Trek game that involves a little bit of deck building and whatnot. And uh, she was the lucky caller. And so uh, she's going to be getting a USS Excelsior with Captain Sulu and a Vulcan ship, the uh, Nivar, as well. And my co-host, Eric, from Trek Talking, happened to have a spare starter set, which he's going to send to her as well. So she'll be all ready to, to open up the game. She'll have everything she needs to play the game. And hopefully all of this COVID stuff will be behind us. And we'll be able to get up to Trek Conderoga this August. And we'll be up in, a, in the Star Trek game room. And maybe Leslie will, uh, maybe Joy will be able to join us up there and uh, play the game and hang out with a really cool Klingon who likes to wave his batlet around. Let's 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 hope for the best. And uh, maybe maybe the Leslie Hoffman will be joining us there as well. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I it's really really hard to believe that uh, Will Rogers, where I live has been under quarantine for a year, just over a year now, um, the dining room again. I mean, uh, for the last two, three weeks, we were eating in the room rooms, you know. They were not serving people in the dining room. So, <laughs> so we're slowly opening up again. Well, uh, Karen and I got our first COVID shot on Wednesday, and um, I, I only had a little mild reaction. Um, my arm felt like they were shooting liquid fire into it. It was it burned for a couple of minutes, maybe five minutes, and my fingers on my arm got a little tingly, but it went away. And uh, on Thursday, I felt like I got run over by a freight train. Every joint and muscle in my body was was aching me, so I stayed home from work. Um, now I just, you know, now it's pretty much all gone. My my arm is a little itchy, but nothing major. So uh, we're on our way. Uh, the seventh, we get our um, April seventh, we get our second shot, and then hopefully we'll be able to get back to normal life sh- shortly thereafter. That's my hope, anyways. So. Uh huh. Anyway, well, are we? Uh, in the future, yep. 
I know you've talked about this in the past. Maybe it's only on Facebook, but there's some kind of barbecue place I think in Albany that that you absolutely love, and I would love to meet you there someday and try it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're once this this COVID stuff is over and we can actually travel. Um, yeah, we'll have to have you up to camp for a barbecue. You know. Just have some hang out, have some fun. Yeah. So, anyways, let's let's dive into Star. Well, before we start with Star Trek, uh, can we work, work Planet of the Apes in, in any way, shape, or form? Can we throw a Planet of the Apes in here? Um. <laughs> Other than a recap of, uh, um. It really helps to be a beauty queen to to get a non-speaking part <laughs> in Planet of the Apes. Nova, Linda Hamilton, I think her name Linda was. Linda Hamilton. Yep. Uh, let me yeah. see. There um, was a, a Planet of the Apes remake with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, it was at 2005, I think. And um, they had they had a sexy chimpanzee, one of the uh, a female chimpanzee, which we talked about a little bit. Um, I guess that's a plan of the oh, yeah. tie-in. Um, <laughs> well, like, uh, great. I just lost her name. I can't because I think of her with uh, Harry Potter. She was a bad witch in one of his later books. She also. Uh, lived with uh, Tim Burton for a while, and she has three names, but I can't think of any of them <laughs> at the moment. Me, but myself, she was and one I. of the female apes, and and again, the way they drew her, she was very slender. I mean, yep. you know, th- in other words, they took the human being and and CGI'd her into an ape. Or chimpanzee. Chimpanzee, yep. So, anyways, I guess we tried Planet of the Apes. Let's dive into Star Trek. So, we are up to Star Trek Enterprise right now. And I think Star Trek Enterprise might be the biggest offender of all, of all the Star Treks, I think. We we touched a little bit, um, we talked about Seven of Nine on... uh, on Voyager last week, but I think Enterprise crossed everything with what they did, and I think it all starts. You know, they had to Paul, who was a full Vulcan, and she wore the tight bodysuit, very similar to what Seven of Nine wore on Voyager. So they they followed suit with the, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because they, well, obviously she was an old lady in a moke time in uh, the original series, so so she's not wearing a cat suit. But to bring um, the one that was supposed to be promised to Spock, now she had sort of a mini dress on, but but she showed no midriff or anything like that. I mean, the again, the dress was short, but 
but it really covered her body. I was thinking about that all this last week, is that um, other than uh, T'Pol in Enterprise, I don't remember any sexy-dressed uh, female Vulcan, unless I'm missing something. I... <laughs> I think there there was an episode called The Four where they went where they went back to Vulcan and met I think it well I think it might have been to Paul's mother maybe and uh, she had a he, she had on that same type of of bodysuit that the Paul wore I think it was white it's been a long oh, time okay. since I watched Enterprise. I yeah, think it was I don't white. know. I, I mean, like I say, I'll admit it is that of, uh, the you know of TOS, TNG, DS9, Voyager. I really did try to watch Enterprise, and I just could not get into it. I mean, I, I think maybe you said maybe the second season or something was better, but. You know, if you watch, if you try to watch two or three episodes and it doesn't, it doesn't grab you. I mean, you're not going to suffer through a fourth, fifth, sixth, or a series worth of episodes, and and that's what happened to me with Enterprise. Well, you know, we can have a whole show on talking about what what went wrong with Enterprise, but. Uh, in my opinion, I think the biggest issue that with Enterprise was they had a great opportunity and they had a great story there to tell the founding of the Federation and show us the building blocks Federation. Uh, but they didn't do that. They had this whole Zindi time war uh, storyline going on, you know, uh, going into the expanse and all these all these things that you know, really had nothing to do with the Federation that went on for way too long. And by the time they got around to the Federation, the show had already been canceled the fourth season and they, they, they blew their opportunity in my opinion. But at any rate, I do. Well, another problem I had, I, we're kind of, we're kind of making left turn off of sex cells, but uh, I mean, I realize that you're dealing 1960 to uh, 1990s or early 2000. Is how could the first Enterprise be um, the engine, whatever you want to call it? How could it be more advanced than the Enterprise in 1960s? You know, I, I mean, I realize that you gotta appease the audience but you know it just <laughs> you don't say that this is pre uh, TOS and then have a, a ship that has this engineering area <laughs> that is you know such again I felt that it was way too modern to to um, what the, the Enterprise looked like in in the sixties, yep, I mean the that, interest. That, that, now I'm actually that makes me think about uh, the episode uh, in DS Nine, Trials and Tribulation, where they purposely built a nineteen sixties set. Uh, 
you know, the uh, the bar room or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, they. In fact, that was really strange. I walked on the set that day, and here's this absolutely plain room. There's no decorations on the wall. I mean, it's just a flat color. Um, there, there's just nothing of this set. And here I'm, you know, used to DS9 decorations. And well, and then that's that's how I'll, I guess I got to say I was first introduced to the episode Trials and Tribulations because back in the 60s, the way that they made a set look futuristic was with lights. It wasn't with blinking panels or anything on the wall. You know, in other words, I guess there weren't, well, there were replicators in the original Star Trek, but it wasn't like the bar had beautiful, strange artwork on the wall or replicators or uh, maybe a gaming something or other. They actually recreated the room that was used in, um, uh, well, now I just lost the the Tribble episode. Oh, the Trouble with Tribbles. Right. So, Leslie, what, the, what, did, oh. what did you think about, well, let's talk about Enterprise. Enterprise, I think, was the biggest offender when it comes to using sex to sell. I think it starts with the Paul and the body suit. Uh, then they had Hoshi, who was the young ensign who, who designed the, uh, the um, language uh, translator. And, and then, of course, they had all those scenes where they had to go into decontamination and they stripped down into their underwear. And then there were even some scenes with Trip and T'Pol, uh totally, totally naked. So I think that Enterprise, I think Enterprise fell back on trying to use sex to sell their show uh, worse than any other Star Trek show we'd seen in the past. Would you agree with that, Leslie? Again, I only saw a few episodes, but I feel like I did see a clip where they were in, uh, what did you call it, a decontamination room where, as you said, that they had to strip down. I mean... You know, so so if it wasn't necessarily sexy costumes, <laughs> you were you were in your undergarments or whatever you want to call it. Or I and don't they, even they know. Even they even had they they even had to rub a decontamination ointment all over each other's bodies as well. Well, that's like to me. That's like these shows, like where where the girl says, "Rub some, you know, suntan lotion on me." It's a it's a sex thing when you know when you see that on a movie or television, and the guy is rubbing the suntan lotion on her. I mean, it's it can only exactly. be taken one way. It's not a it's not a Oh, he's just rubbing suntan lotion on her, and there's nothing sexual about it. <laughs> right. I agree. I agree. I do want to say, though, that even though they dressed to Paul in a cat suit like they did with Seven of Nine, 
on Voyager, I did. I happened to like the character of T'Pol, and I thought they did some really good things with that character and explored the Vulcan mythos and her relationship with uh, with Captain Archer and the rest of the crew um, in a brilliant way. So I feel that even though she was uh, over-sexualized, I feel that the character was more than just a sexy character on the show. I think she added a lot to the series, in my opinion. um, Maybe more so than... um, Oh, great. Like I say, I'm losing... losing, Hello, I'm losing my mind. Uh, Troy, (laughs) is that, you know, she was in... Or in the very early episode, she was in a miniskirt, but but she supposedly, as a as a even half Bazerzoid, um, you know, she was giving advice to the captain. You know, I feel tension. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> um, you know, she she was an advisor. She was a counselor. So, yeah, so the she Klingons had to be would, intelligent. Would, uh, I mean, it, it wasn't that that she was she was a sex symbol, but yet she did have intelligence. I mean, and and we talked about Tasha Yar. Is that uh, you know for a while before they decided to well actually what happened before Denise Crosby thought that there was bigger and better things out in the world, and that's why she left the show. Um, I mean, you know, again, she was in a very tight suit, but she was the head of security, so she couldn't be an idiot. True. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm being a little harsh with words there, but, you know, they the world was changing some, but they still were putting – well, they were making women more intelligent, but they were still putting them in cat suits. I mean, seven yeah, and nine and, was and, very intelligent, but holy schmoly, her suit was, you know, was totally amazing. So let's jump I mean, ahead. I don't, I don't think about... most men were. Whoop, oh, I was going to say I don't think most men were going. Wow, seven of nine is so intelligent. They were saying, "Holy schmoly, look at that front, <laughs> the front part of her." <laughs> well, I mean. You know, I'll be the first to admit she was definitely very easy on the eyes, but but her character was so rich and so deep. They did so much with that character. Um, I feel that she was a huge addition to the crew. I mean, we talked about that last week, but I, I think that by the time Enterprise came around, like you said, I think times were changing, so they – they felt like Star Trek needed to be sexier. So they got to Paul in there and they had the gel that they had to rub all over each other. You know, they had the decon yeah. scenes where they were stripping down into their underwear every other episode. Um, then they had the green Orion slave women, you know, wiggling around the ship. And, um, you know, I think enterprise is the biggest offender of all the Star Trek series when it comes to using sex to sell, you know, Star Trek. I think it was Star Trek Enterprise. Yeah, that that that's kind of interesting because, like you say, 
I mean, I don't remember the years. I know it came after Voyager, but so we're talking either late 90s, early 2000s. And and if anything, uh, they were even over-sexualizing the few years of the original series. Yes, yes, the women were dressed very pretty in the original Star Trek, but but they sure weren't rubbing <laughs> uh, decontaminant lotion on, on each other. I mean, I think in the 60s that, that would have been uh, censored. You know, if anyone had written something like that, it just wouldn't have happened. They would have said, nah, this scene is out. I, I agree. So listen, guys, we have to take our first commercial break for our listeners at Odyssey Radio. For the rest of you guys, just hang in there, and we'll be right back with Sex Cells Part 2. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday night, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking. Boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And we're back, Uncle Jim, D. Leslie Hoffman. We're talking about sexism in Star Trek, and right now we're talking about Star Trek Enterprise. So I think that Enterprise really took it a lot further uh, than maybe it was necessary for the time, anyways. Uh, very, very possibly. That? Like again, it it wasn't a show. I tried watching it, and I just couldn't get into it. And obviously, a lot well, of people couldn't get into it. And what it did it go four seasons? Yep, four seasons. Yep. Right, and yep. and the line is seven to syndication. I mean, that's why. TNG DS9 Voyager had seven series or seven seasons because they are trying to sell it to television or or they're trying to sell it to syndication in television and and you really need so many episodes times seven years in order that someone might be interested in buying it. Actually, it's kind of interesting. Some of these um, other cables like MeTV and um, Television Land, um, they're actually showing some series that only lasted, I'm not talking about Star Trek, but it's it's interesting. Well, it's also cheap. Uh, it's interesting to buy one or two seasons of a show that you know, only went that long. So so I guess seven years to syndication doesn't even apply anymore. Well, I think a lot of things are streaming, like all the new Star Trek shows now are streaming, and they're only going 10 episodes, maybe 12 per season, and they're streaming. So I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't know if that applies anymore. But anyways... Moving on from Enterprise, when Enterprise got canceled, I think it was in 2005, we had a long, long stretch before we would any new Star Trek 
on television at all, and it wouldn't even be on television per se. Uh, CBS uh, premiered Star Trek Discovery, which did premiere on television with the first episode, and then and then after that went directly to CBS All Access. Now, Star Trek Discovery, um, you know, I don't I don't feel that Star Trek Discovery really over-sexualizes uh, anybody on that show. Can you think of can you think of of, of any instance on Star Trek Discovery that was just sex for the no, I, sake of I selling? Think, I think we finally got to the 2010s, and um, and plus it's being filmed in Canada, and and the writer and all that kind of stuff is. Um, Discovery had no problems having the lead being a black woman, um, you know, uh, Berm, well, Berm was brought up by Vulcans, but her mother was in and out of uh, episodes, um, uh, The being a stunt woman, I loved the fights, I mean, a woman could Woman or woman, women could dumb guys or or multiple guys and one woman. I mean, the fights were any combination you could imagine, and and there was no problem with a woman doing karate kicks and and climbing on the walls and flipping over. And I mean, it, it discovery fights are amazing. And they finally allowed women to fight uh, with men. Well, I mean, they well, feel... Well, Michelle Yeoh is absolutely incredible. Every fight scene that she has is just top-notch right, right down the pipe. You know? She's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And another I, I thing like is uh, Mary Wiseman, uh, Tully... I mean, in 1960, yep. that character could not have existed. A heavyset woman, if anything, well, maybe Tully is sometimes the comedy relief, but yet she also is a very smart woman. I mean, she was made captain for a while. I mean, yes, she does say silly things once in a while, but in the 60s, a heavyset woman never would have even been considered to be on the Enterprise. Yeah, and I think that's, I think what we're seeing now with all these new Star Trek shows is not only are we seeing uh, Star Trek mature, but I think we're seeing the audiences starting to be more accepting of these different situations. And, Leslie, we have a caller on the line here. I'm going to try <laughs> to see if my if I can get the thing to work here. I this person called earlier, but I couldn't get the computer to pick up. So let me see. Hello, thank you for calling Trek Talk. Or not Trek Talk and Stunt Trek. Can you hear me? Hello, what's your name and where are you calling us from tonight? Hello. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Spaghettios. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, well we caller, can you hear us? 
we lost them. Okay, well, I'm going to leave the mic open uh, so the person can talk anytime they want to. They show up on my board, but that doesn't mean anything. So, you know, talking about discovery, we can move on to Picard while we're at it. And, of course, Seven of Nine shows up on Star Trek Picard as well, but she's no longer wearing the cat suit. Right. And, now, that's, uh, that's the interesting thing is that during Voyager, they had to sell her in a sex suit. But Jerry Ryan is such a great actress that in Picard, she's in pants and and just a... I don't know what what you would call the top. It wasn't tight fitting. I mean, she was she was an adventurer. She was like a female Indiana Jones is about the best way I could describe it. And and facially, she is beautiful. But they didn't have to <laughs> they didn't have to put her in a corset to make you like her. Her acting was good enough that you liked her anyways. Maybe maybe because you are thinking of Seven of Nine, but yet she was still dressed normally, or, or, or she was dressed like Picard would be dressed. I mean, you know, they're just the sex part of, of well, I think they started just calling her Seven, was... Again, she was an adventurer. She she joined the group and and uh as pretty as her face was, they didn't have to expose her body. And and of course, we also have Rafi who um was Captain Picard or Admiral Picard uh, number 1 uh after his enterprise years. And uh, she's she's a very smart, very intelligent character. She has a lot of connections and a lot of knowledge. Uh, she's an alcoholic and a drug addict on the show, but she's not over-sexualized, and they're not taking advantage of the fact that she, that she happens to be a good-looking woman. They're letting the acting and the character take care of itself without falling back on sex. And... Yeah. Actually, nothing to do with the way she looked or anything. I just thought it was funny. Maybe you would call it an Easter egg, but it's so obvious, is that she lived at Vasquez Rocks. That was funny. I, I, I think they did that as an inside <laughs> I mean, joke. The one rock area that TOS always used, she lived there. That, that's where her trailer was. That was funny. And also, how about Dr. Girardi? Uh, There's another female character. uh, She's a positronic expert, and uh, she's a computer whiz, and they they didn't fall back on sexualizing that character either. They let the character be the character and not fall back on sex at all. Well, and... And if I had to compare her to somebody, uh, I would say like a Beverly Crusher. You know, Beverly Crusher wasn't in a cat suit. Right, exactly. And then let's jump ahead to the planet where the androids lived, and we had we had Soji and Dodge, 
uh, who were, you know, I think she's what, 20 years old, I think, Brianna. I think she's about 20 years old. Um, and again, she, she's a very intelligent character, and they, don't, they didn't sexualize her. Now, when they got to the planet, though, the planet of the androids, the version of her that plays her twin, who was kind of gold like Data, was half naked. Her mid her midsection was all exposed, and she was kind of like a female version of Lore, but without the murdering tendencies. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, so they made advancements in some areas and slipped in others, but but it definitely was moving forward. And again, it was filmed in California. It was written in California, and and. The Hollywood um, formula, <laughs> as as the name of our show, is sex sells. Yep, absolutely. They can't get past it. Now, uh, Star Trek Lower Decks is an animated series, so I'm not sure if this really fits in, but I do not recall... Um, any really sexism at all on Lower Decks. There was a lot of sexy jokes and a lot of innuendos that I think would have gone over younger viewers' heads. Oh, well, well, there was that one scene where Ransom rips off his shirt to go beat, beat up the bad guy, but he's a cartoon. So I'm not sure if it really is the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. Well... I think we're talking about the, the, you know, I'm also looking at the phone, reading off of the phone, is that, uh, I don't know, what is he, number one, number two to to the captain, is that, to me, he's a caricature of what Jim Kirk was on the original Star Trek. You know, he's the, he's the uh, handsome know-it-all, strong guy, whatever you want to call it. Um, but but now they're making it a joke as opposed to that he's the ladies' man or he tries to be the ladies' man. But like I say, he, by, by the time you get to Lower Decks, is uh, that kind of person is, is funny. I mean, he's, like I say, he's, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't mean to be insulting, but like, oh, well, like on Futurama with, um, uh, what is his name? Zach, Zach Bannigan or whatever his name is. Yeah. I, well, I, I don't really watch that show, so I can't help oh, you. Oh, okay. There. There was this guy who who was uh, like the head captain of what I'll call the fad- Federation on Futurama. <laughs> and the way they drew him is he didn't really have pants on. I mean, he had a top that would just cover up his private parts. That's about the length of the shirt that he wore. Um, and it and it was the same thing as they were making fun of of this guy who thought he was like 
a ladies man and you know and he knows how to pilot a ship except that he would tend to crash a ship or destroy the wrong thing or I don't know. <laughs> it's, it, well, it, um, so so I well, don't know. Some people get upset when they say, "Well, now they're making fun of this guy," <laughs> but but so many years that uh, we lived with, uh, you know, these guys that uh, basically to a woman and and grab her whether she wanted to be grabbed or not and kiss her and and she automatically fell in love with them. <laughs> and, right. You know, so so it's it's a hundred and eighty degree turn uh with Jack Ransom or or Zach Brannigan. I mean well, something you else know, they, I guess that they, something else they did on, on lower decks though is they took the character of Tendi, who is actually an Orion, and they completely removed the Orion sex slave uh, part of that character and just made her into a, an intelligent Starfleet officer and didn't rely on that sex slave thing that was developed in TOS, which I thought was a smart move as well. Yeah, actually, I I, I don't know. Well, I'll I'll throw this out at you. Isn't she sort of like Tully in a sort of strange sort of way? You know, she talks really fast, and sometimes she says really dumb things, and yet she's super intelligent, or or she's able to no, command right. or or fix something. Yep, you're absolutely correct. Yep, she is. Yeah, she definitely so, is. Yeah, no, lower decks. Lower decks is again. Uh, well, I love animation. I love adult animation, and I'm not talking about porno animation, but adult animation, because I love cartoons. But I love cartoons that, um, uh, you know. They're they're good enough that a child would watch them, but if an adult watches them, as you say, they get the joke, they get the innuendo that uh, you know they just said something that was pretty risque, but probably the kid didn't get it, but the parent does, and and we right. talked about right. that last week is that. Who buys the television set? It's not the kids that buy the television set. It's the adults that buy the television set. So you have to have a product that uh, um, is also going to draw in the adult. Right. And, and Before we run out of time, though, Leslie, we've got only got 10 minutes left. My God, where does the time go? <laughs> I know. Um, this is... <laughs> It's amazing how quickly this runs. I mean, um, we need to we need to dive into the Star Trek movies. So let's start with Star Trek the Motion Picture. Now, by the time Star Trek the Motion Picture came around, they had done away with the miniskirt, and which was a which I think was great. But then they turned around and put Lieutenant Ilea uh, Viger probe. Uh, practically wearing nothing but a tunic and high heels, you know? Right. Okay, we're talking about the bald one. Yes. 
Yeah. I mean, again, I feel like they're they're trying to make woman somewhat intelligent, but they have them naked. Exactly. I mean, uh, I think I I just oh. don't understand why the Vija probe would show up on the Enterprise practically naked wearing high heels like that. Uh, it <laughs> it was a it was a blatant let's get a sexy character into this movie move. I think. Yeah, anyway. yeah. I mean that's that's it. Uh, I mean jumping around because um, because I only have bits and pieces of memory is that. Uh, uh, okay, the the uh, Wrath of Khan, uh, the woman that, I don't know, were they married or she just had Kirk's child? I don't think, I don't think that Carol Marcus and Captain Kirk ever got married, to my knowledge. I don't believe okay, they did. Okay, now, she was dressed decently and she was intelligent. Okay, so let's jump to... Like I say, you're going to have to help me on this one, is, uh, well, I don't want to call her the changeling, but the the one that could change forms. I mean, when she was being the woman, she was out-and-out cat suit sexy. Yes, Mar- uh, Martia. Marta. Martia or Marta? Yeah. So, yeah Star Trek Six. You know, they, they couldn't make up their mind whether that a woman had to be sexy to be a character in the movie or 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 like you say that that uh the scientist doctor could be dressed well maybe it was due to let's say approx- approximately what her age would have been that that they wouldn't put her in a cat suit i mean you know they just kept going back and forth the the one that I call Save the Whales. Um, I remember the, the girl talking about pizza. That's about all I remember about it. Now, she wasn't really dressed sexy, but to me, she seemed like a comic relief. Well, let's, let's, let's go to Star Trek V. Speaking of a cat suit, we actually had a three-breasted cat Dancing in a bikini on a bar, so literally a cat suit in every sense of the word. Um, but we oh, had yeah, one of the yeah. biggest scenes in that movie <laughs> that that a lot of people uh, will will say was degrading, and that was Lieutenant Uhura's uh, nude dance fan dance in front of the moon on uh, on the planet. And, yeah, uh, and well, I. I don't know. I feel like that whole scene was a direct steal from Star Wars. You know, the the, the cantina. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. No. Uh, yeah, I mean they didn't have to time, do that. What about the scene in Star Trek Into Darkness where Carol Marcus is taking her clothes off on the shuttlecraft, and she should. Kirk turns around and looks at her, and she's standing there in her bikini, in her underwear. Uh oh, I guess I'm drawing yeah. a blank on that one. But 
But again, if they had to put her in a bikini or or in her underwear, I mean, again, sex sells. They think that if they make a movie and a woman has to be in it, she has to be nude. Exactly. And, they kind of. Now, let me see. Like I say, I think the funniest thing that you talked about was uh, Next Generation, the episode where Riker, or the planet where the men were supposed to be sexy, and the women were the rulers, and and here's Riker in this open front shirt, and he's wearing an earring or earrings. I mean, (laughs) that, that was an interesting episode. Yeah, very, very rarely do they do they over sexualize male characters? Ninety nine percent of the time, it's the female characters. Sometimes, very rarely, they'll do that to a male character. And and I'm trying to think, Leslie, if we've ever ever seen a, a female character on Star Trek actively pursue sexual relations with a male character. Like we saw Riker with mm. numerous women, Kirk with numerous women. We saw Dr. Bashir going after every woman that came on to Deep Space Nine. You know, we right. see that a lot. But I mean, I other don't recall them. Other than uh, Blood Fever where, where Torres had Palm Far, I mean, she was, she was definitely grabbing Palm Paris. But but they were married, weren't they? Or was that before they got married? No, no, no. They were not married. That was the episode that actually... Um, that's when I did the rappelling down the cliff. No, they weren't married at that point. That's early on, or or I'll say mid-season, maybe. It was that she had to have sex or she was going to die. And and Tom Paris didn't know how. He was willing to help her, but he didn't know how to help her. And so she grabs him and throws him to the floor and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so, yeah, but that's about... I, uh, I would say equal sexiness, and again, I lose names so quickly, was I absolutely love Susie Plankton as the Klingon. Is that oh, uh, awesome. when, when, when she and Worf are in the holodeck and they're fighting, well, they fight whatever the character is on a certain level, and then they go up to a different level and and by going up to various levels it kind of awakens the sexuality in Worf and and like I say I'm sorry I got us caller Susie and and that was sort of a sexy scene you know they beat up the the holodeck whatever characters but then but then like you say they're so stimulated um well, the, you know, now here's the thing is that what I remember is they they held hands and 
I guess Worf was pressing her hand so hard that her fingernails were going into her, the palm of her hand, and she started bleeding. And believe it or not, that that is considered sexy, or that that was uh, stimulating. I don't know what to call it. Yeah, you're right. That 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 was that was a turn on for Klingon. And while yeah. we're talking about Klingon. What about Lurf and Tor? They were pretty sexy Klingons. Oops, wait a minute. I've I gotta, <laughs> I got to catch up to you. Is that... Uh... Yeah, Lursa and Bator. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were sexy Klingons. Well, as we yeah. believe it or not, but, we have but a But the Dura left... sisters, well, they were sort of evil, but, but the costumes, you know, they had the... The middle part of her costume was missing on the Dura sisters. Right. <laughs> well, I, I had I we're out of time, Leslie. We're down to less than a minute. So we're wow, the time flies. But uh, you guys want to tune in on Thursday night for Trek Talk, and we're going to be talking about Star Trek Voyager, the pilot episode, Caretaker, and the series finale, Endgame. That'll be at seven thirty. Eastern Daylight Savings Time right here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, head on over to the Leslie Hoffman Appreciation Organization Facebook page and say hello to Leslie if you have an idea for a show, something you'd like to hear us talk about. Uh, please head over there and make a suggestion. We'd love to hear from you. And that, to that caller that called in, I'm, I don't know what happened. I don't know why we couldn't get you through. Um, but, you know, call back next week and maybe, maybe we'll get things working right. Uh, Live radio, you know, sometimes we have problems like that, right, Leslie? <laughs> so, it happens. Anyway, yeah. so I want to just want no, to say nice uh, thank to you. Yeah, it is. Although I, I, I couldn't get that caller to connect, so I apologize for that. But, uh, Leslie, thank you very much for hanging out with me and talking tonight. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Thank you very much. Oh, I again. I feel like I'm a broken record, but but to to talk about Star Trek, to to have wonderful memories of either episodes that I was in, or just the love of Star Trek is is just. Well, I can't wait for. Uh, well, I guess I'm looking forward to. I guess they're starting to film Picard, or that's what they're hinting towards. And and of course, I'm curious about what's going to happen with Discovery. And and then again, like I say, I love cartoons. I I can't wait till uh, Lower Decks start again. Yeah, currently they just announced five new cast members for Star Trek Strange New World, which is currently began filming in Toronto. Uh, Picard has started filming, although I, I haven't had an update on as to how far they are into filming. Star Trek Discovery is currently filming, and they should be wrapping up pretty soon on season four. Star Trek Lower Decks is also in the works for season two, and Star Trek Prodigy, the new the new animated series with Captain Janeway, Kate Mulgrew, is also due to premiere this year. Um, I don't have an exact date, but five Star Trek shows 
that we're going to be seeing either at the end of this year or the beginning of next. So there's a lot of Star Trek coming our way. Hey, can't, cool. I can't wait to watch it. <laughs> so, anyways, Leslie, we're out of time. That lady's whispering in my ear that we're just about done. So i got to say thank you very much for hanging out and, and talking with me tonight, Leslie. Oh, always a pleasure. And thank you to everybody that's listening around the globe, no matter where you were. And particularly, once again, sorry to that individual that I couldn't get through on the phone, but uh, accidents happen. Technology is not perfect. Give us a call next week, and hopefully we can get you through. And I just want to say to everybody, please be good to each other and stay safe out there. Uh, Good night, everybody. Night. Hailing frequencies are closed. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.